It's the real Hip hop Hip hop The real Hip hop Hip hop Peace This is Sharon Shabazz Listening to the RealHipHop.com podcast. In this episode, I talk to activist and MC Divine Karama. Divine and his producer and DJ JK47 released an album titled Voice of the Voiceless. Voice of the Voiceless is a 15 track socially conscious album that touches on issues facing people in Kentucky and throughout the United States. On this show, I talked to Divine Karama about what it was like winning an Emmy, his anti-violence work in Lexington, Kentucky, and his new album, Voice of the Voiceless. I saw that you attended Hip Hop 50 celebrations in Lexington and New York. What was that experience like? Yeah, yeah. So... You know, we we had a show and we did a proclamation in the city of Lexington here in Kentucky and the state of Kentucky did a proclamation for the 50 years of hip hop. And so they acknowledged me and, and Jack Harlow and, and Nappy Roots and some of the artists that made some contributions. And so that was really dope, man, because we we really don't get a lot of recognition or um, a lot of representation in Kentucky for hip hop. And so I thought that that was dope. Um, but for me, I think my favorite part of the weekend, as dope as that was, was making the trip up to NYC and just kind of, you know, paying homage, you know, going to Sedgwick Ave, seeing the birthplace. Um, so many people that love the culture, probably like I love it, you know, just being in one space, you know, seeing KRS one and 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 so many people that I looked up to coming up, man, it was you know, I, I dreamt of, of that moment in a way. And I've been to New York a ton of times, but I've never been to the Bronx. I've never been to the birthplace. And so um, it was dope, man. It, it was dope, man. It, it was definitely worth the trip. I spent more time on the road than I spent there. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to get there? So it's, it's about 11 and a half hour drive from Kentucky. And so we, we had our um, hip hop 50 concert in Lexington that night and so the show ended about midnight and I just I hit the road while I had the adrenaline and and you know and I got up there right about noon um and you know and enjoyed the concert the festivities um got to see um KRS um got to see CL Smooth uh, performing one of my favorite joints Ty Lib, Fat Joe My Son was in the building um Nims um, you know, just so many cats that that I respect and, and just got to enjoy my daughter who was in NYC. She's at a, a performing art school. So she met me in the Bronx. So I got to kick it, kick it with my oldest. And and it was dope, man. So I spent a few hours there and I hit the road and, and came back, man. I had to be at work Monday. <laughs> um, that's you know? some serious driving, man. Yeah. Yeah. But it was worth it, man. It was worth it. You know, God willing, I'll be around for 75, you know, um, but it may not, you know, and I, you know, I wasn't as engulfed in the culture 
at the 25. And so to be able to be here alive and, and a part of the culture and making contributions at the 50th anniversary, I just felt like I needed to be there. So it's dope, man. Okay. You got a new album, Voice of the Voiceless. Explain that yeah. title. Yeah. So, you know, coming up in, in the nation of the guys and earth when I was young, you know, coming into the culture, the way it was explained to us, man, and this is back in, in the late 80s, early 90s, was, you know, hip-hop was celebratory. Hip-hop, um, it could be fun. Um, it was an outlet. But the way I was raised in the culture was, you know, hip-hop is supposed to represent, like, for the streets, you know, people who who felt like they didn't have a voice. Um, there were certain stories that weren't told in other genres of music, and so hip-hop had to kind of be that culture check. Um, you know, other genres of music weren't going to document the things that was happening in 2020, right? Not like hip-hop should or will. And so, um, you know, this is my 20th year releasing music, or next year will be my 20th year releasing music. And I really just wanted to do a, a project, like just kind of locked in and focused on different pockets of the community here in Kentucky that we serve like through the community work. And so when you listen to the album, a lot of them have really intentional themes, um, kind of speaking for pockets that I feel um, get misrepresented or not represented at all. Like we got a track on there about fathers, you know what I mean? That, you know, are um, kind of disenfranchised within the system. We got another track talking about domestic violence. Um, we got one talking about gun violence. Um, I got a track featuring a young kid. Um, he was 15 when he recorded that verse. You know, it was a joint called Save the Children, right? Like, but what does that mean from, from a child's perspective, you know? And we got another one, um, Put the Guns Down. And so we, we just really wanted to represent um, for hip hop kind of in its purest form, man. We really tried to kind of take it back, um, me and my DJ. Okay. Um, you touched on the uh, domestic violence song, um, Green Dot Lexington. It's a topic that hip hop hardly ever tackles. Yeah. Why do you believe that some people turn a blind eye to violence against women in hip hop and in the world. RP pops a man's what he made me and AJ told me never put my hands on a lady even if she degrades me it's not the solution it's better ways to use your conflict resolution it's one thing to grow and not engage in the violence but too many have chosen to see it remain silent maybe you at the club kicking it with your team and you see a dude slap his girl on the mezzanine or overheard your homeboy threaten his queen and in these situations you struggle to intervene but I promise there's ways to provide aid without a fight you speaking up can actually save a life If they pray hunting and she flinching with dude coming You see something to say something to do something Be brave, young king You are not a coward 60 DVs are reported every hour Regardless of gender, we must neutralize the towers You stand tall and brutalize using their power It's time And I'm proud to be a green dot David versus Goliath in my heart is a slingshot See something ring cops stand in between Stop, direct, distract, delegate We are green dots Whoa. 
standing. We would not let the devil win. We witness abuse. We all got choices, but hip hop has always been a voice for the voiceless. Yeah, yeah, man. I, honestly, man, I, I think it is part of it is those those artists that we revere, right? And and this is where things are so different now, right? I think so many of the artists that we revere, that we love, that we might credit with saving our life, inspiring us to be a part of this culture. Um, I think part of it, man, is they co-sign um, that energy. And I think some of us are afraid that if we attempt to hold people accountable or we speak against that energy that we are somehow speaking against some artists that we love. I think that that's part of it. I think it's a male dominated culture, you know, not so much in 2023 because <laughs> the tides have kind of switched, but I think coming up, it was such a male dominated culture and like any other part of a patriarchal society. Um, we kind of dictate norms um, and sometimes, you know, that compass doesn't always point north when it's just, um, you know, men dominating the themes, the topics, what's accepted and what is not. Um, and so I think, you know, those are two of the main reasons. Um, I also look at it kind of like the church because the church don't talk about it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think it's kind of this for better or for worse my ride or die chick, you know what I mean? And I think we take that to a point of destruction when it comes to our women. Um, and, and, you know, I, when, when it was funny because even in writing that record, it felt a little odd, you know what I mean? Because usually there's a frame of reference, you know, when you go in and you record a verse or you're writing like a song and I didn't have a frame of reference, like there wasn't, a record that I could go to that spoke to what I was talking about, which even, you know, to your point, man, it's just even your most conscious MCs really weren't touching on domestic violence, which I really had to lock in on the theme. Um, you know, the voice for the voiceless, like even in this revolutionary art form that speaks on everything, even in that, um, we don't hear people um, speaking up for victims of domestic violence. And so that's kind of what inspired me to to push through and, and write that record. I feel like Eve did a record, but. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But that was more from her perspective, right? Right. Right. As a but, woman. But I really had to think like it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not something yeah. that comes right. to the top of my mind. It's like, man, right. Man. That was 20 years ago. You're right. I remember that because yeah. the video was powerful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. On the song Willie Lynch, you speak on the negative images in rap music. What do you think it will take for the creators and the listeners of that type of music to realize yeah. that, that they're pawns in the game? Kill, kill, the game got some loose screws, no wonder they want drill. Snap got you posting guns just to boost your ego. All that game rap got you wrapped up in a Rico. They glorify the wars so the guns go bust. But what if the design was for us to kill us? Self-medication and how we eat depletes our health. 
The ops in the mirror, king, we defeating ourselves. The continuation of Willie Lynch in the music industry. They monetize your pain, then you become your own enemy. Glorify the streets, and they playing on your ego. The game is so foul, but never let you shoot a free throw. Pop pills, sit, lean, spark a beef, and clap the burner. Peek the advertising dollars, they marketing black murder. Every other verse is shoot, shoot, kill, kill. The game got some loose screws, no wonder they want drill. Speaking on the dead and flashing guns, spike the views. But what you post on Instagram and type, heightens the few. First, they get paid off the ignorance. Player through the artistry, then again on the back end through the life insurance policy. Man, you can't engage in broke behavior, but get richer. Listen, young rappers, you gotta look at the bigger picture. Anti Semitism and get you locked off the app. Yet they allow sponsor ads with raps to say nigga. This system is designed for young black men to lose. Be careful, clap the rookas when you rapping in the booth. You end up in the grave and spend a life behind bars. Now the DAs indict rappers off of bars. Cyber crime units watching everything you post. It's like everybody snitching. There's no structure and no code. In order to rise farther, we gotta conquer this apathy. Divide and conquer is the devil's favorite strategy. Every other verse is shoot, shoot, kill, kill. The game got some loose screws. No wonder they want drill. Snap got you posting guns just to boost your ego. All that game rap got you wrapped up in a Rico. They glorify the wars so the guns go Man, part of me says we need a, like another culture check. But to be honest, man, I, I think we are a long way um, from the culture waking up from that. Um, I just think we're just too, almost too far gone, man, to be honest. You know, you got, we've lost so many, you know, how many rappers do we have have to lose to Rico charges, to, to death, to being a victim of your friends snitching on you, to finding out labels or, you know, taking out life insurance policies. Like what more, you know, uh, has to happen for you to wake up. And so, um, you know, I always look every three to four years for that culture check that, that, you know, that Kendrick Lamar to pimp a butterfly, you know, common, um, was always kind of that culture check every once in a while, he would kind of breathe life into the game and, and just kind of, you know, just be that check like, Hey, hip hop, let's wake up. Right. And, and I feel like, and, and I'm kind of shifting away from music when I say this, because this exists not just in, in music, but even in the neighborhood. Like, I don't think the OGs really are running the neighborhood no more, right? Like, you know, in the streets, like these kids don't, they don't really respect anybody. So then there's no structure. And so um, you have these these flawed, young, naive um, young people who are now dictating culture. And so when they don't answer to anybody or their systems um, to where they don't have to answer to anybody, where there's no rites of passage, there's no structure, there's no, you know, what's respect the OG, like um, you see what we're seeing now. And so to be honest, man, I, I don't want to seem hopeless, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know, man. You know, now the game is so digital. We got AI, we got algorithms. <laughs> you know, um, who is that that culture check? 
And so, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think it's going to take a wave. I think it's going to take a movement um, similar to when we were coming up. I remember when Rockish Records and the Neo Soul movement and Spike Lee movies almost had this coordinated artistic attack of consciousness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, Common and Kwali, the roots, and you, you, like it took a movement. You know, I remember being at school and it was it was trendy to be conscious. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we need another movement like that. And it's got to come from from some of the bigger artists, you know, just in my opinion, bro. I feel like there are young people who view conscious music as boring and preachy. Yes. I've heard that a lot. Corny. Yeah. Corny. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to counteract that. I don't know what the solution is for that, but that it, it saddens me because it, it I does, mean, man. <laughs> you you no, know, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you what really hit me, bro. Like I'm a big, like I'm a Joe Budden fan, right? Um, and I and I tune into his podcast now. You know, now I'm kind of a fan of his podcast. But he really like gave um the record that J. Cole has with Dirk, right? With the kids on the hook. And he he was really like kind of giving a record a hard time. Like, man, I don't want to, and this is Joe, it's 40-some-year-old man. He's from our era. And he was like, Man, I don't want to hear Dirk doing this positive-ish. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't nobody want to hear that, bro. You know, J. Cole always trying to come and, and got everybody doing all this, but like, I don't want to hear that. And Vince Staples was was on the show and he was like, bro, you know, you got to understand that generation came up when Nas dropped um, I Can, you know what I'm saying? And so for us, that was the perfect balance of a street dude doing a positive record. That's why you got so many songs with the kids singing it. Like we got that from Nas and Joe was just like, man, don't nobody want to hear that. And it's, and it's that example of, like, where is the compass? When those who are from a certain cloth, those who understand balance, when even they're saying the positive stuff is corny or we don't want to hear that, where do we go? <laughs> you know, I expect an 18-year-old to say that. You know what I'm saying? And it just really, like, it, was dis it disappointed me, you know? So I don't know where we go, bro. You know, I've been I've been waiting for Rhapsody to drop. You know, that's 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 the homie. But I wonder in this this current climate of women artists and what they're talking about, is there a space? I mean, I believe there is, right? We know there is, but I wonder if the delay in her dropping is is her team looking at the current climate, like, is this gonna resonate? Do they wanna hear? you know, a woman um, speak the way Rhapsody speaks, you know? I, you know, I don't know, man. No. Crazy times, bro. It's, it, it's crazy, but we witnessed Kendrick win Grammys and sell a lot of records. We witnessed Lauren Hill yeah. When the first uh, best album Grammy for an yeah. al album that was half hip hop, all hip hop, but half rock. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and that was positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there are examples. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I th- yeah, I, it's possible. It's very possible, but it needs, you know, it's a copycat culture in a way. Yeah. And, you know, I often say this about Tupac, like the people that bit off a of Tupac, they didn't bite off the good stuff. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they copied it's him. Thug life. Yeah, when he was out of control. Um, but he says some revolutionary stuff. Yeah. We need somebody to come along and make a big impact that's positive that will lead to all the copycats. And, and maybe we'll see a change then, but I don't know. You know, I don't know, man. But it's 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 possible. I just think we need a movement. I think we, you know, when Nas, I think, got nominated for a Grammy recently, more and more people were talking about his longevity, his artistic credibility, right? Um, I think Kendrick... You know, he's great when he comes out, but he he's once every three, four years and he's quiet. That's a quiet four years. Right. And so even Corday, I was really a big fan of Corday. Like and then it just seems like he just kind of went away. And so, you know, we'll see, man. We we just need a wave. We, we, we need a wave, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You are the director. I'm an anti-violence nonprofit called One Lexington. Yeah. What results have you seen during your time as the director at One Lexington? So, so this year we've seen a, a, a lot of progress. So far this year, we're we're like 55% um, decrease in, in murders, about a 40% decrease in, in, in shootings. So we've seen a huge drop this year. Um, the last few years have been tough though, just like everywhere post pandemic. I think most cities, medium to bigger cities saw that spike um, after COVID. Um, and last year we even set a record uh, for homicides. And so now um, we're on pace to have our least amount of homicides um, even pre pandemic. Um, going back a decade. And so we've seen a lot, a lot of progress, man. And I think a lot of that's attributed to kind of empowering the community to rise up. Um, you know, one thing I, I tell, you know, and I, you know, I know quite a few cats in, in, in Chicago, you know, Vondell Singleton and others on the ground doing good work in Baltimore. And one thing I tell these other cities is that, you know, this problem can, it can't be a government thing or a law enforcement thing. You know, uh, over policing and, and some other systemic issues is what got us here. And and it can't be a government thing because mayors and governors and presidents come and go. But the constant is the community. And so we really empower the community to kind of raise up um, neighborhood associations, building the capacity of nonprofits who's already on the ground, um, getting more um, influencers and artists to speak out. Um, hold people accountable when they're out and about. And so um, we've seen some progress, man. It, it, it was a rough couple years to start, um, but now that we've kind of built an infrastructure, man, we're finally starting to see some 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 positive stuff. Good, good. That's awesome, man. 
there's a song on the album that you won an Emmy for. Uh, yeah. Po- Positively LEX 18. Take me back to the origins of the song and how did it feel to win an Emmy? We are launching something new here at LEX 18. So we want to introduce our newest series called Positively LEX 18. Good, good, good news. In- inspirational stories to those, to those, to, to those. To those who really need help. This is dedicated to those making a difference. The youth with the energy, our elders with the wisdom. Daycare workers and teachers leading our children. Doctors and surgeons and nurses treating our illness. Pray for the lost that we speak in a eulogy. Green light shines, we grieve as a community. Uplift our neighbor, our powers and unity. Together, KY is a statement for you and me. This is for the mamas and the fathers working hard every day from the hood to the holler. Burbs to the section, they housing the underserved. Let's talk a more action, cause love is a verb. Only real way that we can truly be better is to heal from within. Then we come together. I love you, my friends. Say I'm or amigo. The strength of Kentucky is the power of the people. Let's go, let's go. Good, good news. Elliot say Inspirational stories. Stories, stories. Positively, LEX 18. Yeah, so th- th- that was wild because um, we never thought it would, you know, I didn't even know we could win an Emmy for it. <laughs> that was a crazy thing. When we first wrote that record, we were kind of in the middle of the pandemic. We had just came off of a really intense election cycle and in a state like Kentucky, you know, super polarizing, um, obviously COVID, social unrest. And one of the news stations here, um, you know, you, you can only imagine what the news is always bad. Like, right. The news is always negative, but you can only imagine what it was like during 2020 going into 2021. So one of the news stations wanted to start a new segment called Positively LEX 18, which would feature only positive news stories. And since they had done quite a few news stories um, on me and my work in the community, they asked if me and my DJ would put together the theme song. And the funny thing about it is the original version is on the album, but that's not the version that they, they wanted. When we turned in the original version, you know, they were so disconnected from hip hop like they were like the guy was like, what is that noise at the beginning? And it was a scratching. <laughs> he was my DJ scratching. <laughs> and so we don't we don't want that. Like, you know, we're like, this is hip hop. Like, you know, and so just to show you the disconnect from the creative process in the beginning. Um, but ultimately, you know, we we did a um kind of a tapered down version of it, still kept the scratching in, still kept it hip hop classic sample you know black men united i forget which which soundtrack it was on but it was from the early 90s we sampled that and we went in and then the news station was like let's shoot a video and so we shot a video for it um they submitted it for an emmy um because i think the emmy is broken down into four groups you got the primetime emmys the daytime emmys then you got the news Emmys, which is broken up into, um, uh, I think, like five or six different regions across the country. And then you got the youth Emmy, like youth have their own Emmy, I guess, for, you know, whatever different categories for youth. 
And so they submitted it and they said it was a long shot because it was the first ever hip hop um, submission for a news Emmy. Um, but they th- thought we had a pretty good shot because it was something so different. Um, and it was something so inspirational at the time. Like you kind of got to go back into that time. And so they submitted it, man. And, and we ended up making the nominations and we still thought it was a long shot. Um, and then we went there and we, we were able to pull it home. And for me, um, you know, being one of, I think like 11 hip hop artists, like to ever win an Emmy, I think there were like three regional Emmys um, similar to the one we won. And then the other ones were like Donald Glover and Queen Latifah. And, you know, I think Common won one. Um, And so and it was funny because it was a regional Emmy. I'm like, is this a real Emmy? They're like, yeah, like this is legit. Like you could win the EGOT. You just got to go get the Oscar and the Tony and the, the other thing. And I'm like, wow, like kind of hard to believe and so it, it was the kind of i'll be honest with you man it's the it's the kind of a validation when you live in a place like kentucky when you've always kind of been an underground artist it, it's something that just kind of stamps your career in a different way um and so it felt good to, to acknowledge in such a major way after all the years of work that you put in you know um, in a place like Kentucky, man, it's, it's kind of a small mind mentality. People don't really understand um, the impact of the culture outside of fame and stardom. And so um, I've probably been more respected outside of Kentucky than in Kentucky. And so um, the Emmy kind of changed that a little bit. You know, <laughs> all those years of work, you know, a, a lot of people ignored it. But when you brought that Emmy home, it, it kind of hit different. So... <laughs> So it felt good, man. It, it was a blessing. It felt real good, man. That's so dope, man. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. Okay. What do you want people to take away from Voice of the Voiceless? Yeah. Um, I know it's a it's a heavy album, um, especially in 2023. You know, it's it's super layered there's a lot there (laughs) you know it's not really an easy listening album it's not a vibe and so you know hopefully for those that enjoy that kind of music um i hope it's something that that is um nostalgic for them you know those kind of thought-provoking records ones you got to run back a couple times so i hope it gives those fans that feeling um, but for a lot of the younger, um, young adults, a lot of young people that follow me through all the community stuff and, and, and the work with the youth, I just hope it shows them another side of hip hop, a more layered side, a more message driven um, side of hip hop. And, and, you know, really hip hop has become a tool of mine for a greater purpose as opposed to me searching for streams or a deal or anything like that. And so I just hope that these young people can get something from the art that, that I'm creating that maybe I can be the balance for some of these kids, you know, maybe not the whole game or the whole world, but uh, for the 13,000 people that follow me on Instagram, you know, if, if for some of them I can be a little balanced in their playlist. Um, then my job is done and hopefully my music can inspire them to find their purpose and make them feel like they have a voice. And so 
that's what I hope people get get from it, man. And and not to sound too dark, I kind of create music now, um, knowing that one day I won't be here in the physical. But this is this is my my legacy that I'm leaving behind, right? Like my discography, I'm very intentional with it now. Like I'm leaving jewels behind for whomever, um, for when I'm no longer here in the physical, and so um, it'll be there. Um, and, and that's what I'm making music for my legacy, you know, nothing else, man, nothing else. All right. Divine Karama. Thank you for joining the real hip hop.com podcast. Appreciate you, brother. Always good to chop it up with you, man. Ah, it always is. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right. Peace. Peace. The real hip hop. From your own mind, you know. I just right now we should start the show.